Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday. 647-977-7113. ITMayday.com. Hi, you're listening to Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert. You know, we touch so many issues, as you know, and uh, you can go online at any time and you can listen to all of the podcasting. Now, today we wanted to touch lighting. You know, there's an awful lot of condominiums across the province that are trying to consider a degree of retrofitting in some senses, in some senses is total removal and replacement. The interesting part about lighting is, is that I think most condo boards have to take a look at the benefits and the return profits that they would actually achieve by having new systems in place. Because one way or another, they're going to spend it. So they can either put the money in Ontario Hydro's pocket or, or Hydro One, I guess, or what they can do is talk to experts that deal every day in the lighting world and come up with different initiatives. And and that means the lighting, whether it be in the lobby and the uh, stairwells, particularly in the underground. I mean, think about how much lighting is down in that area alone, especially if you're in a condominium that's got three, four, even five levels of underground parking that are on 247. So today we have a wonderful guest with us, Bill Jakes. He brings along with him 25 years of experience in direct sales, and he's with a company called Lumen 8 Lighting Incorporated. You know, I think that he'll give us a real insight on what is going on out there in the lighting world. So, Bill, thank you so much for joining us at The Condo Expert. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Well, you know, it's interesting because I mean, we actually met uh, because you were doing a presentation on lighting and I found that your presentation, I mean, in one sense, there's there's two aspects of a presentation. One, of course, is dealing with the nitty gritty and the, you know, the uh, the product and so on. But then the other side is the technology side of the coin. And I was very impressed with that. Your mm-hmm. knowledge just having to do with lighting and the different resources that are out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can give us a bit of an idea of what you think is one of the best products out there on the market right now. Well, uh, obviously, our company focuses on LED lighting, which is an emerging technology. So I feel very strongly that that's the way that most people should be looking today if they're looking to improve their lighting, not only in terms of performance of the lighting, but also in terms of uh, energy efficiency in the in the process. So that would mean basically all those fluorescent lightings, they would be gone. Absolutely. Take them out completely. Get rid of all of them. I think they're they're even bad for your skin and health, are they not? I remember there was articles and things about that years ago. I mean, mm. it stopped sort of in the correspondence, but I do believe that it was out there. A long well, time. they're fluorescents, so they have mercury in them. Now, the more efficient uh, uh, versions of the product don't have anywhere near the amount of mercury in them that the older ones did. But it is still present in a high enough quantity to be of concern, both in terms of health impact and also impact uh, in uh, when they're thrown away in their waste sites. Uh, you know, you've got literally there's a billion tubes replaced every year in North America, and if you figure that every single one of those tubes has enough mercury in it to take about uh, twenty thousand liters of water to dissipate, you know you can see how there's going to be buildups uh, happening all over the place. So it's not good on any level. 
Well, you know, I remember a long time ago, I'm going to go back. I remember having one of these fluorescent tubes in my hand. We're in the garage and we're actually going to be replacing it. And it slipped. Mm. Those things, when they hit the ground, boy, do they ever explode. Mm. They're unbelievable. Oh, they are. And in fact, uh, you know, if you Google up online and ask for the instructions on how to dispose of a compact fluorescent that's uh, uh, broken, uh, by the time you're done reading the explanation, you'll be very concerned. It's it's a hazard. It's 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 not beneficial in any way. Uh, you know, I think back when I was uh, young as well, which was a while ago, and we used to get those tubes and take them down to dumpsters because of the incredible way they explode when they hit the ground. Years later, we know that that probably wasn't such a good idea. No kidding. Don't we find out later? <laughs> That's uh, usually the case, yeah, isn't no it? No <laughs> kidding. It doesn't matter what it is, even if you think of any types of technology out there right now. I mean, yeah. medical, for one, things mm. that we've learned over the years. Mm. So so with the, uh, with the change, I mean, when people are replacing, um, I mean, really, it's inefficient fluorescent lighting, and they go into the LED. What does LED actually stand for? stands for light-emitting diode, which is essentially a semiconductor chip that you put a current to, and it creates light. So it's a solid state. It's not a gas. It's not a filament. Uh, this is one of the reasons uh, why you don't have as many issues with it. It's uh, very firm and, and durable. Uh, I recently had a client uh, call me. The fixture had gone out, and it turns out what had happened is a, uh, a it was a low-hanging fixture in a truck that was fairly high up, and somebody had actually hit the fixture with the truck. They'd hit it hard enough that they actually snapped the wires inside the wiring, but once I got the wiring put back, the tubes were just fine. So it's a much more durable product. Uh, it's one of the added benefits that it brings to the table. And I know that there was uh, talk about it uh, lasting 10 times longer than what an average fluorescent lighting system would, would um, be. Or I guess it depends on the capacity and the, uh, the... Like, do they have a special wattage to them as well? They are. Uh, general rule of thumb is that you'll get a 50% reduction against fluorescent forms of lighting, whether that's a linear tube or a push pin uh, in a uh, fixture in the hallway or a compact fluorescent. The, the energy redu- reduction against fluorescence is about 50%, and against uh, hi- high-pressure sodium, metal halide, uh, incandescent lighting, that kind of stuff, you're looking at about an 80 to 90% reduction. So in condominiums, I mean, you know, in order to maintain the safety within the building, I think that when condo board of directors, they'd have to really call upon your expertise to make sure that they don't change the actual um, safety element of the amount of lighting that's coming into the building. Mm. Like, I mean, you know, getting the energy efficiency is one side of it, but if you start dimming everything under the sun, then you're actually creating a hazard. That's absolutely correct. It's actually the area where I see the least amount of knowledge in the marketplace so far, because after all, this is an emerging technology. LED is is directional uh, form of lighting. It's it's uh, so you've got to design applications that are going to distribute the light in such a way that you meet the minimum code levels that are required for lighting a given area. For example, a hallway. Uh, requires a minimum level of 50 lux, which is a measurement of light, uh, at the the ground level. So if you have a directional form of lighting that's beam angle is leaving gaps every 10 feet going down a hallway, you're not going to be delivering that uniform level of light to the ground, so the application therefore isn't suitable. So you need a combination of things. One is somebody that actually understands the, the lighting levels that are required by code in a building, and then someone who understands the technology well enough to 
deliver you a solution that can actually exceed those code levels. So I gather then if you're if you're testing the amount of lighting that's coming in, you've got some kind of a tool of some sort that mm-hmm. would actually monitor that. Yeah. I mean, it's no different like a home inspector. They'll actually see whether or not there's uh, moisture in a foundation wall. They can hold up uh, a moisture sensor and yep. see whether or not there's anything in there that they have to be concerned about with leaks and whatnot. So you've got a similar kind of thing to yeah, it's, it's called measure. a light meter. Really? You just, okay. You just set it on the floor. That's pretty simple then. Yeah. You know, it's uh, there's, uh, Technology is far more uh, complicated, but uh, mm-hmm. I'll leave that for the experts. You essentially set it on the floor, floor and it measures. LED is a narrower beam of light than, say, other forms of lighting, so it's, it measures differently. So you actually have to have a light meter that's calibrated to measure LED to be really exact in your measurements. But having said that, once you have the applicable uh, meter, it's, it's just a simple case of setting it on the floor and reading what pops up in the screen. Well, you know, there's, uh, I can't tell you, like I've been in a lot of condominiums. I'm a realtor. I've been a realtor for 33 years Mm. and I've been in an awful lot of condominiums practically everywhere. And I can actually sit and think about different ones that I've been in, and there's no question that they were below levels. Well, I might just you know, hit you for a list probably. of those before I leave here today. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, because, yeah, they have to be. They're, I mean, and, and I think about, like, certain areas in and around the building that don't create any degree of safety with their lighting either, like, especially in the exterior part of the building, certain, mm. you know, certain areas, like, for instance, your back laneway entry doors. Where, yeah. you know, I mean, you, you don't have enough lighting to be able to see a key mm. go into the lock in order for you to even open the door. Say they're older buildings and they don't have fob transmitters because there are mm. some buildings like that that don't have it in their exterior, um, especially the rear entry doors as mm-hmm. opposed to just the front, you know, lobby entrance. Maybe other areas around the uh, the complex, they don't have them. So I, I think that it's an interesting swing here because, you know, I, I actually couple the two together just to make sure that there is safe environments for condo owners. Yeah. You just have to have that as a criteria. Really, I, I, I think the onus should be on the management companies to have a knowledge of, uh, of the level of light that's required in the buildings by code. And, and uh, while you can't expect them to be lighting experts or other forms of you know, engineering they're dealing with, uh, there has to be some mechanism that uh, when work is being done or being required, that uh, the local standards are one of the items that are on the table in terms of making a decision on what you're going to do. So with the, uh, absolutely, I mean, now what about like in elevators and so on? Do they, do they have the same kind of things? Like, I mean, most elevators, what kind of lighting would they normally have? Say in an older building. I know newer ones are probably already geared to LED, are they? Yeah, for the most part, but uh, I'd have to check the code, but I'm pretty sure that elevators would probably be at 50 lux as well. You find that areas uh, like a laundry room, for example, they want 200 lux uh, in a laundry room, it's designed. They want more light in that environment, and uh, certain other areas. Uh, the code's pretty specific. Hallways, drive-through, your common areas of, of of movement or travel in and out of places. They're looking for fifty lux, pretty uniform. Because you have this, for example, you have the same level of light requirement at ground level in the garage as you do in your hallways and your stairwells. So I'm going to give you a for instance on something because you know what really amazes me is when condominiums go through major renovations, say for instance they're doing an overhaul in their in their um, uh, hallway area and you know they've got an interior designer in and the interior designer isn't really looking at the actual amount of lighting coming in 
Okay, mm. they're not even paying attention because that's not where their professionalism lies. So if they're coming in and say, for instance, all the carpeting and maybe the uh, the you know wallpaper and so on might have been of a lighter shade, mm. and then the board all of a sudden goes with dark trimming. Say they go with dark floor coverings, whether they go hardwood floors or laminates or maybe back into the carpeting, but they go into very deep colors, you know, the chocolates, the browns, the blacks and so on, or charcoal grays and whatnot. And then they actually follow uniform to the walls in the same manner. Now you've darkened the entire corridors. Yeah. So because of that, now that's really going to affect the lighting. Absolutely. You're going to lose any reflective potential that a, a a brighter wall would have however if you like that dark design all you need to do is is select a a fixture or a layout of fixtures that's going to give you the light that you need with that design it's it's not that you can't have that design it's that you have to have 50 lux of light and how do you accomplish that So you would probably, if you're not changing all the light fixtures to create more energy efficiency, then you could, if they've already got the LEDs, but they don't have enough power, then they could increase? Well, there's there's two sides to it. One, it Uh would be increasing the lighting, but um, uh, the other thing is, is, does the fixture that's in place distribute the light in such a way that the light is getting to where you need it to go? Uh, So if you have... And this is the key to understanding how the technology works and how you apply it in a given application. So if you have a a directional bulb, LED bulb, that's going to aim the light basically in a 180-degree pattern and you screw it pointing up, you're not going to put any light on the ground. So it doesn't matter if I make a stronger version of that bulb. If I don't overcome the directionality of the light issue, I haven't solved the problem. I mean, you might have more light on your ceilings, but that's not what the code requires. The code requires the light to be on the ground. So uh, in that case, you need to change the, the, the light, whether it's in terms of a separate fixture or adopting inside the existing fixture so that you're distributing the light in such a way that it's being cast to where you need the light. So so that actually, now if I, I break it down, interesting, because some of the buildings, they'll have the lights up on the ceiling, mm-hmm. but then they'll also have the decorative lights that are on the walls, like beside each unit, mm. which I don't really think, like, I mean, I've seen some are pretty much, that's what they are. They're decorative. It's, mm. it's not like they're really doing anything. Yeah. They look pretty, but that's about it. And that's the approach so. that I would take in a situation like that mm-hmm. is uh, absolutely work with the overhead light as far as accomplishing yeah. your, your uh, code requirements in terms of light distribution throughout the hallway and then drop those decorative sconces uh, and put a very low uh, watt application in there that's going to give you your, your look or your glow in the hallway. I know because, you know, some buildings, that's what they're doing. They're, ta- they're literally taking away the ceiling ones and leaving the wall ones thinking that that's actually a safe measure. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't sound as if the wall ones are really going to give the accurate, you know, ratio of distribution of the light. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, again, it depends possible, on the design of the sconce. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So if, if you have a sconce that's designed in such a way that the light is being distributed down, uh, and out, sort of, it has some mechanism to create an omnidirection of light from its point. Then you're you can you can get there. There are good sconce designs that could be utilized without having to go to overhead light, but uh, uh, that's what they have to be able to do is is cast light where you need it to go. 
fabulous information we're receiving from Bill Jakes of Lumen 8 Lighting. I mean, I'm going to put a shout out, Bill, to all the uh, board of directors out there, because seriously, if you're bringing in a, an interior direct, interior decorator, <laughs> I think you really have to stop for a moment and make sure that you're within proper codes for your lighting. We're going to chat a little bit more about lighting. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert. 